starting another episode with Daily Owls and Curly Owls. Wow, wow. <laughs> Let's get it. Welcome back to the Positively Negative Podcast. Where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of positivity in an occasionally negative world. I'm Dalio. And I'm Team Humble, and we're glad you're here. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. I've got I've got to be honest with you. Um I've been collecting podcasts now. <gasps> wow. Uh, uh for for a couple of weeks. I've not been I've not been listening to loads of them yet, but I've been literally like finding the stuff that I want to listen to. That's awesome. Um and it's been kind of inspiring me about um the stuff that we talk about and the the things that we get across because I know how much craft some of these people are putting into their work. There's one particular guy that I've just come across who's doing a podcast who do- doesn't put any adverts or anything in his stuff, and he makes documentaries, and um, his video is gorgeous, and his grading is absolutely gorgeous as well. Um, obviously, he's got the right gear. He's got the Sony uh, 3R, uh, AR3 or whatever it is, like really top-end camera. The grading's gorgeous, but his podcast is also a video podcast, mm-hmm. and um, I really like... I really like his clean design. So it's been kind of inspiring me to up my game. And I realize it's just all technology. Because I know for a fact that once we sat down together, like opposite each other, you've always had a brilliant eye for photography. And I I'm, I would say I'm pretty good when it comes to audio in terms of what to get and what to set up mm. and all that. There's a lot I can learn. Both of us can learn, sure. of course. But I don't think it should be the thing that gets in the way of actually doing, you know, I which I think... It does for a lot of people, and it has and for me you, for a long time. Yeah. No, you're a great photographer. Well, I I actually really like I really like um, I do this thing with video. I appreciate when somebody does a video podcast because obviously when I'm driving, mm. I just listen to the audio version. But I like having it open in another tab because mm. there's sometimes there's like certain moments where somebody's describing something or something's happening that's like action packed, or you could tell somebody's like has a certain face or making a gesture and I like popping over and see, mm. you know, I don't like just sit there and watch it like a movie from start to finish. It still is like, still serves that Nuances. podcast. Like, yeah. And it still serves that like podcast background thing that I love podcasts for where it just kind of fits around your life the way, whatever you're already doing just kind of snuggles in whatever space you give it. But right. um, I, I like, I really like the video version. Yeah, the I think we can have I've a lot just, of fun with that. I put in, I've been putting loads on there. There's a whole bunch I want to. I put my old mate on there, uh, Buddhist podcast, but I've also got a whole bunch of other people on there. Mm. Um, Russell Brand's got a show called Under the Skin. I just subscribed to be, that like two days ago. How weird Are you is that? kidding me? That's no. It's probably no, because no, no. I follow him on Twitter, and his Twitter's just been such yeah, fire maybe. lately. But like, yeah. no joke. I also, added it to. Uh, pocket cast like two uh, days ago another another guy to follow who's the one with the video podcast well actually i don't know his name's not on here but it's called the ground up show and um that it's just brilliant he just cuts through all the bullshit and doesn't do all the seo stuff he has a he has a youtube show called the minimal life or minimal or something like that it's just like super cut back it's kind of a little bit i would say edging on hipster a bit too much like Maybe a little bit hipster, but a little Instagram. But I can, no, I just, but I can appreciate 
I can appreciate the quality of the design and the sound engineering and everything that goes along with it. So I can kind of let it, I can kind of let it slide. Yeah. But you know, like this, he there's seems just like the type of guy who of, likes things to be curated in his his space. And then- yeah, yeah, I like I like the presentation. Mm. Presentation is is good. It makes me calm and. Uh, <laughs> It's somebody who's like managed to claw back and be like, you know, f the robots, get get rid of the SEO, stop using. He did a great video last night, which then prompted me to go and have a look at his podcast. But and the video was about you, you know, must stop doing this. Like the best this, the best that, and the exclusive this, and you know, just type um, clickbait titles on on YouTube. Uh. Just wants people to stop it. So he did a whole documentary. Uh, like a off the wall kind of, I hate saying this, but it was kind of Casey styled. I know that anything like documentary based that's on YouTube <laughs> maybe was inspired by Casey. I hate saying that, but like trip hop was killed for me because of Casey, because like <laughs> now anybody else who uses it, it's like, damn it, Casey, how did you do that? Be rolling um, trip hop. So yeah, I've been, I've been trying to build up a little library of things to listen to i've not had the time to do it because obviously as soon as i'm like i'm gonna do this because it's a bit quiet then the clients come back so always it's a rule it's a law of the universe it's just as you can count on it just as much as you can count on gravity or inertia or any of the other laws of physics as soon as you exhale and say wow i'm gonna have a relaxing day today you will every client that you you do know you'd have known or you will know will contact you (laughs) Yeah, it's I wish I had a way of laws. I, I wish I had a way of measuring that stuff. Like, just have to have something in place to be able to like this could be a thing next week and just be aware of it to slot it in. I mean, we find a way to do it, so it's all we good. do. You, like, you had um, mm, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, no, I was just saying we live. Even though we're very regimented, we kind of talk about this last week in our like personal the way we manage ourselves. Our lives are a lot more forgiving than most people's are. You know, in terms yeah. of if something needs to get moved around, if something comes up, if, you know, if there's an emergency, whatever, we can, we can usually, we can usually make space for that. But it's at the cost of our just mental anxiety. <laughs> Be like, ah, well, true. And getting all like fussy about having to change the day up from what you were expecting. I know I get that way. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about the nine to five earlier on today, it just popped into my mind. It hasn't popped into my mind for years. I would say even probably like a decade. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about the office space, the nine to five, but do you remember all those little quirks about going to the office job? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it all came flooding back to me this morning, mm-hmm. like the, the getting ready and the leaving house like an hour before or half an hour before to do the commute. And then sitting in the car park and waiting 10 minutes because I didn't want them to have like 10 minutes more oh, of yeah. my time. Oh, hell no. Do you know, do you, I would never do you know what I mean? Go, yeah, 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 for sure. But do you remember? But do you remember? Can I just transport you back yes. for a second? Do you remember how livid it made you going to that job like after a while? I'm not saying that the first jobs because you, you did family stuff, but no. the monotony of no, it. I the monotony it. of I, the I nine like, to five. feeling sick to my stomach and not in a dramatic way. Just to like, I felt like I manually had to be like left foot, right foot. Okay, now the left wow. foot again. Now, like I, rem- I remember the feelings of pulling in, especially like ugh, if you had had a, like I don't know about probably not for you, but for me because I'm more of like an emotional person. I carry things. If I had had a mm. bad day the day before, or something went wrong that was my fault, or you know something happened, you know what I mean? Like you get the you get mm. into those like if you just had like a bad day or a client yelled at you or something, and then the next day going in, you're just like 
That's because why? that's because everything looks the same, right? It's because the the layout of the office and everything is the same. I remember so many times I'd sit in my car like before my seven o'clock shift, and obviously I'm like one of five cars in the car park because it's like seven o'clock and. You know, the security guard's standing in his window, like proud that he's managed to do a 10 hour shift through the night, looking at me like I'm a man as well, like whatever, you know. And then, then I remember like walking in to to the big old town hall and then like standing in the computer room and taking a big sigh and being like, oh, fucking hell, I'm here again. And you know what, too? Like, I don't know. Hated it. Maybe because of your position, like there was, you were just like, from what you've told me about like your council stuff, you were more. Like there was only one person from your department on duty at a time. But like when I, Mm. I didn't talk about this in my bad jobs podcast that we did, but like, because it really wasn't a bad job. But when I was doing work for like on the design team, I used to do, (laughs) I used to go to this office and I used to do work for, um, like all the knickknacks and plastic and tchotchkes that were like in, um, <laughs> oh, maybe this is why I am the way I am, like with my product stuff, but like the stuff that's in gift shops, like at the end of a roller coaster in a theme park, or like mm. things in casinos, little like keychains, water bottles, you know, like basically the companies would come to us. There were, there were a couple big casinos in Vegas and stuff that that were our clients, and they were like, okay, we need this logo on a bunch of t-shirts, this, this, that, blah, blah, blah. So I had to do a lot of that like print mock-up stuff. And like, you know what I never realized that was so exhausting until I got out of it was the social part. Like, and I'm a very mm-hmm. extroverted social person. I do, like, I enjoy most people. I I enjoy like picking people's brains and, and conversing with people. But like to have to exert creative energy and also have to keep up this, like, I'm here and I'm a person. And like, you know, like, I don't know. I just always felt like there were eyes on me the way I don't, I don't feel that way now. Cause I work from home. And it's like, I look like mm. a total slob most days and I just mm. like get a cup of coffee whenever I want. But I always had those thoughts of like, Oh, like, like, I wonder if like, they're going to ask me if I, and it was, it was like an established team. And I was like the temp coming in. I was only there for six months. And so it was very awkward for me. It was very like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to invite me to like lunch. And there was like the the whole lunch culture, which I know you talk about that. Like that's a big thing in America, but the whole lunch culture was like a whole thing. And I stopped, I strategically stopped bringing lunches because I realized that like, if I were to survive at this place, I need to, I needed to be in on the lunches. Cause that was the stuff that people were coming back with after lunch. And that's where all the inside jokes and everything else. And like, I was like, all right, this is going to be miserable for me you, if I it, don't it start like, going to the lunches. Cause it's like a big social thing I had to adapt to. I don't want it to. It sounded like, it sounded like it worked in Scranton by <laughs> Like the office, it felt like gorillas in the mist. I was like, I need to become one of them. (laughs) He's coming back to television, by the way. I don't know if you know, but like, um, the Michael uh, Dave Carroll, is it Dave? Dave, Steve, yeah, Dave, Steve Steve Carroll, Steve Carroll, Steve Carroll. There we go, Dave, Steve Carroll. There you go. I can never get the bloody American (laughs) names, yeah. You know, I'm on about Carroll, Carroll, um, Carroll, um, he's doing doing something. Yeah, they pulled him back with um, a couple of other stars as well for something similar to it, something similar to The Office, like some kind of like. They're not going to strike. Uh, but I think Jennifer, but- I think Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's in it as well. So I, I mean, she's been real good in a kind of like, 
I don't want to say elderly, but she's, you know, she's moving on a little bit now, but she's got a little bit more mature in her roles. Like she was so good as a like comedic kind yeah. of dominatrix in that other film. And I, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, the horrible. Yeah. Uh, jobs, yeah. jobs were, um, but that's why they're were... so big because even like the most normie of normies could relate at that job was like that, mm. like that there's just certain things. And like of all the things that they could have been, all the offices, it could have been like they sold paper. You know what I mean? Like everybody's had a job where it's like I work in an office and what do we do? We sell paper like every you know. day. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. It, it is interesting. You do meet ca- you do meet characters. I think everybody has to go through it, right? Everybody has to go through that kind of job. Like there is a there is a lot of uh, skills to be learned there, and a lot yeah, of things that you can put up defenses about, right, for yeah. later on in life. Um, but I'm glad it's over. I'm glad I don't do the nine to five anymore. I don't think I can ever go back to a nine to five ever again. Yeah. Um, the world has moved on, and those offices don't or ever will that it's they're like a time capsule box oh and you know it's so crazy like everything about it even even if you worked for like a you know you were doing your dream job like the description of what you did for this company was your absolute dream the the you know we're seeing it like a lot on steam hunt where um like office space technology and like little tiny homes and little working spaces are are being hunted a lot. And like, I think a lot of that revolution is because the setup of the traditional office of like office space and the show, the office, those things that you're picturing, they're like so contrary to like what a human being needs (laughs) for an eight hour day to be happy, to be creative, to be focused. Like they're the absolute worst designed worst i mean maybe they are they are engineered to make you to have you focus i guess and have you feel like you know a robot doing a linear task but like they're so contrary to what humans need i think to flourish just the design of an office the the fluorescent lights is what got me actually more than anything you know i'm like such a yeah me too about like mood lighting and coziness and I can't handle like fluorescent lights and you can hear it, you know, and you can hear the fluorescent light where you're like, if you hear it like, and you're like, yeah, I remember, I, can work like I, remember this. <laughs> I remember being in support, like doing help desk occasionally and putting in a request that one of the lights be fixed and doing that on Monday. And then finally the guy would turn up at 4 PM on a Friday with a big like janitors prisoners kind of big keys like 50 keys on it and a guy would just kind of slide into my dms through the door and be like need a light and i was like yeah monday like it's it's like friday like four days ago and he would just point at me and say come with me and then he would just go and open like a random door in the hallway where there was like so much dust on these like light bulb strips that have probably been there for 25 years. They're the long fluorescent tubes. But this guy had got it in, this guy had got it. Yeah, exactly. This guy had got it locked in because he, that he managed to, he managed to be the elusive guy who nobody could ever really find him because supposedly he was like constantly putting these lights in, but he he would come in every three or four days. Yeah. I know, man, you meet some characters. On on schedule. And yeah, I mean that, that was kind of like the fun thing was like, was, you know, meeting different people and characters and hearing people's stories. But like, 
the rest. Of- that goddamn place as well that I work was haunted as well. By the way, really, we should have a spooky Yo, stories yeah. one. We should. Have it a, was a sp- haunted. We have a spooky podcast where we talk about spooky things that's happened to us. This old town hall man was like, whew, it was it was freaky at, at different points. Anyway, yeah, I kind of wanted to segue into the to the work stuff because you you came up with a. a good discussion thing earlier on yeah or yesterday in fact yeah quickly yeah i'm glad we do like the podcast midweek because my day to kind of think about what we're going to talk about is i have that scheduled for tuesdays and i feel like a lot of times it just come it comes naturally based on things that i kind of see or things that we're doing in the week so Mm. there were a couple instances this week where there were you know, just in our day to day, the things that we interact with, we're we're kind of plugged into so many different platforms on the blockchain, off the blockchain clients. Uh, we're always looking into digital tools and and services, and those things are kind of like a revolving door for us at times. And I was thinking about how we, and I wanted to pick pick your brain specifically about how you determine what is going, what's going to be a good solution or what's a company that you want to align yourself with or what, what kind of things you look for when something seems like a little bit dodgy or it seems like a scam. I mean, because I think I told you this the other week, I heard a Squarespace ad come up on YouTube that was, that said something to the effect of like the difference between a dream and a business is a website. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like I was so offended by that because it kind of caters to this culture of like, oh, just put a nice website up and you basically have a business already. And um, I know you and I see like different apps and platforms and we're like, mm, not going to be there in six months or like, I would never put my account details in there or, you know, th- those things that we have that kind of like tip us off. I think because mm. your specific um your years and your uh your like the way that you kind of dive into things <laughs> you kind of deep dive things i think you have probably mm. process without even knowing it uh of yeah processing a company out or an ico out and seeing if they're worth your time and investment and i kind of want to talk to talk about like what you look for or what are like yeah. tri- you're like oh no 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 or you know those like little things that that i don't think um I don't think people know to look for or know that are know their like triggers or or made possible. Well, I give you I, I give you a perfect example of one. I, I think I know which one the first one was actually the the second one that you, you that you that triggered you was me bringing up the thing about Steam Hunt in terms of their partnerships. But I think I remember the first one now, and it was uh something something that had um, been submitted to Steam Hunt called Environ. Was that it? I think it was. Um, from this week, no, it was. Well, it was a. It was from something from Steam Hunt, but it was some from free Litecoin website. And I'm. Um, oh no! This is like oh you. Oh, I know. Free and just right, right. Things right. in. I'm like that can't be right. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's so like they're kind of going around. So I mean, from I think I think it comes down to a general hobbyist interest evolution of things that like evolve into something else there's a a big legacy thing there obviously that you know when you hire somebody 
if you're hiring somebody to to do a specific job on your house, you're probably not going to go with somebody who's only been listed a couple of weeks compared to somebody who's done 25 years. Like they're, mm. they've probably been around the block. They've seen all the shortcuts. They know what people are doing. They know like the cost of the products. They know the quality of it. it you know, they might be buying American made rather than Chinese because of the, you know, last longer and they right. want your repeat business. Like that, they're all kind of straight, uh, street level kind of just like, common day uh, wisdom right but there but but the sequence of those things is applied regularly because it's you know you're doing that job because you love the passionate job you're good at the job you don't mind the repetition of it it's, it actually fits you like a glove so something like so taking an ico for instance there was a real interesting ico that like popped up and i'd kind of early on saw that icos were a bit of a scam because of the fact, one thing, and that was the fact that half of the things that they were taking money for wouldn't be delivered for five years. Now, for me, that's a massive red flag because technology moves on so fast these days that it's not just about what the technology will be in five years' time. It's like, will that team still be together in five years' time? Will right. they still well, have the buzz that they have now? Like the problem that will, they're solving, uh, will that even be an? Will that even exist? Well, you know. Well, here's that. That's good you brought that up because. There was one particular ICO that I was like, I, I was just getting to learn a little bit more about Bitcoin. And, you know, I was worried about how much power we're using on mining some maths, uh, you know, with these big data centers churning like power and stuff. And then there was all the like news about, oh, Bitcoin uses a small, um, you know, amount of power of a small country, yada, 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 mm. all this stuff. So there was a an ICO that popped up called Environ, and they had a really, I still think to this day, it's a really good idea, which was like having mining equipment, data centers inside of a shipping container, but next to a hydro dam. So you're kind of powering it from hydropower, right. but you you take the coin mining equipment in a shipping container that we've been using for decades and decades and decades for shipping stuff around the world, right? So we know it's a, a tried and tested technology. So that's... That's always something for me. The story for me is important. That could be just a concept art that doesn't exist in the real world. If the story makes sense, then I'm like, okay, I'll give you an extra five or 10 minutes, right? So then I might go from looking at the idea or the the offer and be like, does this solve a real world problem? Is this does it this does this really contain a value for anybody investing in it? And from that perspective, I was like, yeah, this could work if it was put together properly. And this, this they ended up with like a hundred million or something. Damn. And I thought it was going to get delivered. I thought it was going to be the first one that was going to like really roll out. And I thought it was going to put ICOs on the map and people would be like, yes, this is how we fund businesses from now on. We can just go around all the red tape and just like get, treat it almost like a startup, you know, just get a bunch of people together who are very good at what they do and just like ask for a bunch of money, put a good story together, right. put a good business strategy together. And they had all those points. I checked them out on various other websites to see who, who was on the team, who they'd worked for before. Um, there's a great website for investors and, um, uh, startups and, and, um, I can't remember the name. It's, um, damn. It's like a list of, of, um, almost like a review, like right a now. Yelp for. It's kind of a Yelp startups? for investors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a Yelp for investors and you can kind of see the stuff that they've invested in or the projects they've worked on or, or when they were part of a team for what period of time. So it's like a CV. It's like a. It's like a not shit LinkedIn, put it mm. that way. Um, so so there'd be so there'd be that that I would look at. 
But here's the thing. At that point, most people will be like, yeah, you can have a bit of money and then they'll forget about it until they get back in touch with you. Well, I don't do that. I kind of have a flow of things in Flipboard and I see news updates and I follow on follow them on Twitter and I'll follow their YouTube account because I'll watch how they release stuff and when they release stuff. Because any company doing anything online normally has a decent media release schedule so when i start to see those things kind of drop off or they're not doing it as much then i start to dig deeper more than i would now most people will just wait for the news article to come out right, right. they've invested the idea was good they're solid cheers i'm on something else i i don't i kind of all of those sums that you know if, let's take a let's take another example right for your average person on the street why is it right that nathan's hot dogs down on um on the boardwalk down there, what what's the place called? Coney Island on Ocean, in Coney Island. Ocean why, Avenue. Why, Ocean why is that? I don't know if that's their HQ, but why is it still there? Why do people still go back there? Why do still people who probably don't even eat meat, right, will <laughs> go and have, have a Nathan's, right, just to say they've had Nathan's yeah. and take an Instagram of it, right? So there's something really guttural that goes on with people when it comes to brands and legacy and and past. It's like, I'll go here. People will know it. People will remember it. Yeah. Um, it just sticks in your psyche, right? Right. So so with that particular energy company, I was thinking, okay, that, that could go somewhere. So I started following nice stuff, and then I was like – they've been too quiet. There must be something going on here. And then boom, it just comes out like teams falling out. Somebody's accused somebody of like this, that, and the other. And it wasn't the technology that failed. It wasn't the, it wasn't the product that failed. It wasn't the the necessarily the team. It was just like the, the chemistry between the team or somebody had fraudulently done something. Then also what you got to think about is you've got like a hundred million dollar target on your business at that point from people looking in. You can say the same thing about Tesla, right? And Elon, the way he acts about stuff, people are just, you know, after him for a variety of things. So I don't know, there's certain behavioral things that I notice about the interactions of businesses that just spark my spider sense. And then I start digging and I start digging from a perspective of, you know, business structure, social structure, um, hmm. money involved, how long they've been trying to achieve something, the people that they take onto the business, bits of the business they sell off, right. uh, when they pivot and do something completely different. Like, and also, you know, like, especially in the startup sphere, I got used to the two year window, right? Yeah. Something will come along and it'll be amazing and then it'll get acquired. Take the example of, um, Blab, of Snap. Of, well, Blab as well, but Snap, you know, Snapchat, Snapchat right? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even see it coming or know about this company called Tok 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 or whatever it was. Tok, oh, Tok, you're talking Tok, about Tok. Musically TikTok. Musically, my bad. My yeah, bad. yeah. Uh, musically, I didn't even see that company. I didn't yeah. even know about that company. And uh, in the same way that like Facebook came along and acquired Instagram's community, they just like steamrolled over the top of it. Um. And that was a big thing for me because it was like all of a sudden this app that my daughter knew about, now she had to know that the name was going to change. The software was going to stay the same, but the name was going to change. And for her, she's not bothered as long as the app loads and she can do what she wants to do in it. And I had to have a real sit down with her and say, look, mm. that that co- that company, that brand that you knew before is now fundamentally changed because right. money's been introduced into it. 
another community been acquired it's been merged together and then people right. don't see it's different that than because just they don't... a logo and new colors like even right. though you know even though the app and they'll do that obviously to keep the transition as seamless as possible for users you know they will in the beginning keep everything very much the same um i don't think anybody you, we... blinked when facebook acquired instagram do you know what i mean everyone right. was like who cares it's this i use the app the same way they didn't change anything so oh i don't know totally I think different a lot of people... beast I don't know. I think a lot of people were pissed off about Instagram and Facebook, to be honest. Really? I don't think anybody um, knew about it until years later. Like it happened so quietly and then nothing changed. So people were like Well, that's pretty much that's pretty much every industry, if yeah. you think about it, from from coal and cars, you know, like climate changes, you know, it's a problem that's gonna happen in in years from now. Right. Rather it's than not like, always it's a, a bad problem thing, that we've been doing. Like something to be aware of. And I think I think a lot of times I mean, there's it's a little bit different, I think, when there's an app or something that you already invested in and then some another partner or something comes in that then you kind of makes you want to look into like who's this new guy at the table. Um, but for something that's like new and something that's just like, um, you know, like a new app or a new service or, you know, like the, the new ne- Netflix of this or the Uber of that. It's like, I think a lot of times people are like, okay, cool. Like they have a nice website and it works good and it functions well on mobile. And like, that's enough for me. Um, and if it's something incidental in your life, it's not, that it really isn't that big of a deal. But I think there are, especially now with crypto, um, there's a lot of things that are just straight up like so dodgy. Like, I don't, I don't know if you want to tell the story, but when um, you and I were looking into some of those mining hashing services, those mining services, like every mm. day you would be doing like a deep dive because for the the life of us, we couldn't figure out who the hell was behind this thing. Like, and you said, you, you said that, that something tipped you off, like in the formatting of the website, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just knew, I just, I got a feeling, um, because the, 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 the footer was all a bit weird in terms of didn't have their address and, and various things. And then I started to look onto the contact page and the contact page was very sparse, and then I started doing a search on that on the contact name, or at least the uh, the name of the service, and then started finding out all these duplicate mirror services that did exactly what they did, and then like just went all over the web like looking for occurrences of the phone number, brought you know, up Google I think Maps. We recorded like, a video of us on video yeah, we have a talking video, yeah. about it and being like. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking on Google for like what was coming up for this random address that we found that a domain was registered to. Like if you ever seen that, that um, old MTV show catfish, where they were trying to actually track down the person. It's like, you're actually being catfished by a company inside of a company behind another company. And then it's like an 18 year old in a garage in, in a suburb in England (laughs) or wherever. I think that, I think that's the biggest thing that like governments are worried about. I don't think they're worried about Bitcoin and the technology. I think they're bothered about who's got it, mm. who has it and what they can do with it. Because mm. you suddenly start giving resources to people who never had resources before and were already doing things. Like you're just literally Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not saying Bitcoin is used for that because I will say like it, it's just like any money medium. Like it's always going to be corruptible. It's always going to be like Sure. manipulated it's always going to be people are always going to want more of it more greed uh just I, you know this is my life i want to do what i want with it etc cetera, etc cetera. but <clears throat> i don't know when you when you have a digital life that runs alongside your analog day-to-day life um i i think especially the era that we're moving into with ai being suggestive and sort of knowing our 
our fitness and our health and everything being suggestive. You should do this. You should eat that. You should go there. Like, I think the era of legacy like that we've all been adjust all, all used to to now is rapidly going to change. And I think my daughter's generation and, and generations younger than me, maybe five, 10 years younger than me. Um, the, a lot of that stuff is not important. I mean, when was the last time you were like super pumped to, to learn a little bit about history? You know, like I, I don't go to museums and uh, I, I see a lot of the money that was, that used to be put into arts and, and museums and history and telling the story of your, your country, you know, all of that stuff has been either supposedly digitized or it's going to be in VR and everything. But I feel like we're moving away from legacy uh, and, and history in that regard and kind of turn, turn into this almost like real time on demand, mm. um, storytelling emotion uh driven narrative rather than one that is based on facts and fiction of facts and uh, facts and not fiction that's that's gone on previously right and it's very difficult when everything in your environment is changing so fast as well i mean it must be hideous to have lived all your life in somewhere like venezuela and then seen this massive inflation and being able to not afford stuff and not being able to get out of the country. And that's happening globally right. because of the knock-on effect of all of these things that we've not been keeping our eye on. Right. 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 That's how I feel anyway. So, in like Silicon Valley and, and that whole like throwaway culture of just like be relevant today at any cost and we'll figure out the of, rest later. It's like a little bit, Um, I think that's, I don't, and, and it's so funny because the most like heinous and greedy and damaging things all uh, I don't a lot of them I don't think happened because somebody woke up and said I'm gonna screw up the Venezuelan government or I'm gonna dump a bunch of plastic into the ocean today because fuck those fish like it just be it comes from this like like you said it's like the greed it just comes from this like waking up and being like well just I'll figure it out later or I'll delay that I'll delay working that out because today right now there's a demand on me to be uh, relevant to be ahead of the curve, to be the best, to be whatever it is, to show the numbers in the books to my investors, you know, and wh- however we get those users, we'll, we'll get to get them and we'll just, we'll sort it out later, but it never gets sorted mm. out later. <laughs> it never does get, no. it never does come back up for like discussion. Um, and, but what I wanted to do is like, maybe just as like a visual exercise, like if you, if you landed on one of these sites, something that just sparked your interest that let's say you've already had the gut feeling and you were like, Hmm, like I want to look into this a little more and you land on the website. Like where do you, where does your eye go? What are the things that you start looking for? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that the, you just kind of glossed over it earlier, but the thing that was like really cool that you noticed about the footer, which I had no idea was that a proper footer on a website has to be set up. Um, it's part of like an EU compliance thing as being a legit business, right? I had no clue that that was even a thing. So like what are some right. things when you land on the on their website that you're like, all right, these are my criteria. Let's see if they check check these boxes for me. I don't yeah, I, I don't think I mean th- there could be a whole bunch of things that have criteria, but again, it's it's what you learn skills for, right? It's like, you know, I'm not a web designer, but I know about web technologies, right? So I, I know that there's a certain and it working for certain companies, like working for governmental companies, is certain compliance. So that's why that footer thing was knowledge that I, I retained because mm. 
you know, as I went off to try and do freelance myself, like if we didn't put it on and we were a small two team company, like two person company, we, we, we shut down like from just doing a cheap website. So we always had to have the compliance of that. Um, I give you, I mean, I don't have steps. I just have gut feelings about like looking into something sometime like today, I saw something on steam hunt, which was a link to an Indiegogo, right? Kick, Kickstarters and crowdfunding have become the new Nigerian 411. If you don't know what that is, by the way, anybody listening, if you do a search for uh, Nigerian 411, back in the early sort of 80s and 90s, back when we had bulletin board systems and modems, it was massive. That Nigeria was massive in terms of like uh, taking money for things and getting Western Union, getting you to send Western Union for like. You, you must remember the whole classics of like my uncles died and of course you know, there's or you're, uh, dollars there's and all a that. prince who has an inheritance for you or you know but there's but there's a whole subculture online if you do, do a dig for it yeah. of like the stories of people scamming the scammers so like flipping it back on their heads and some you probably get a podcast as well mm. so there's information that i've aggregated over 10 20 years of of you know, files like th- simple things like files text files about how to like break into a, a Nokia phone, you know, analog phone. I So I think in my early days when I wanted more information and I wanted digital information, I used to ring up bulleted board systems and they had a ratio. So I had to send one thing up to get two things back. So I've always had this, I've always had this thing internally that if I want something, I have to give something back. So I had a had a look at this hunt. It wasn't mine to mod. Somebody else had modded it, but like I I just brought it up in another tab and had a look at it. And it was this fantastical concept about a, te- a radio telescope, right? So this radio telescope was going to be located somewhere in Mexico, yada yada yada. But something felt off about it because one of the image the image at the top was this like laser cut, uh, very exquisite kind of sci fi spacey thing but it was obviously cheaply made piece of perspex with an led light shoved up its bottom like just and i was thinking that's a weird image to use for this for this thing so i read a little bit further on and the the writing is brilliant on it so the writing's obviously been done by a copywriter Mm. and it's it's fantastical right because people buy into the fantastic that's one thing I definitely know. People buy into the idea. We've grown up with sci-fi being thrown down on the next and we're all going to be like the Jetsons and fly around on hoverboards mm-hmm. and shit. We just, we've had it spoon-fed to us for years and years and years. So I, I go down this list. And I was thinking, Jesus, yeah, this telescope. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Like, And there's a lot of people in the world that want to discover aliens. Like wh- This person who's built this k- Kickstarter or Indiegogo has literally looked at wh- how many people can I affect with my with my kickstarter like who is my marketplace of people who will chuck money at this mm-hmm. and and be cool with not getting anything back <laughs> like they'll never go there right. they'll never go to this radio telescope they just love the idea that it's out there that we're putting money into it right or that we're moving something forward or we're moving an area right. of science forward right so i so i scroll down this thing a little bit more because i'm like yeah come on, tell me a bit more about the technology and who's building it and whatever and you get halfway down and there's this most randomest picture of these, this couple who look like they're in the, in the sticks somewhere, who making like Fresnel lenses, who couldn't d- don't look like they would go into a really high powered telescope. And then below it is like um, all of these perks, and all the perks are the same thing as the what is at the top image. So I realised straight away that actually 
a lot of this probably doesn't exist or it's probably some family's company. And actually they just crank out these like laser cut things and they've made this fantastical story of this telescope up just so that they can flog a bunch of these things. Oh. But they were already making they're already making them anyway, but they're so it's saying, just like Oh, but it's like a way a to perk, put your you Etsy store on Indiegogo with like a concept in front exactly. of it. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. Right. And so I see through I see through those things because of not because you're skeptical and grumpy as fuck. Just kidding. Well, that's the positively negative bit, right? right. That's the positive. But, but it's also, a skill. Like, it's a skill to see those things and pick up on them and put the pieces together. Because it's like you know, they always say there's well, there's three sides to every story. There's the side that you say, the side that the other person says, and what really happened. It's the same thing as like when you're talking about these like these websites, these startups. It's like it's what your opinion of yourself is as a startup. It's what my opinion of your of what you are as a startup, and what is really the the case and there's a, a i think a skill and a talent to finding finding what out what that is yeah i mean I, there was other things for me as well it's like all right if i give this person 10 bucks they're going to send me this crap 3d cut thing with an led light in it and then i'm going to find out a news article two years later that it was a big scam right and i've now got i've now been sitting with that thing on my wall for the last two years right. taking the piss out of me but they were just I don't know. they were just like saying oh well this is your reward for donating is like this is your keepsake but really they were probably right. just trying to sell these things just to, <laughs> just to sell them. I mean, I can sometimes I don't wonder know. about I, that. I also wonder, like, when people have a project, a, a very big put together company has a project, and they put it to put it on Indiegogo, and it reaches like a hundred million dollars in funding in like you know fifteen days. It almost is like, wait a second, did you just already have the money that you had already got investors, and now you're just like you're just back you're backing yourself under an alt account because you want the the buzz on indiegogo and you want to you want to publicize that, though, it? it if you th- well if you think about it what is a strategy and i can tell you this because i've worked with like crowdfunding campaigns who've actually done this um in the european union if you want to most people who are like creative artists in the in um audience development what will happen is if you put in for a grant fund they will match fund you some money Mm -hmm. so the the way they work it is that you if you rock up with 20 grand and say i'm doing this project they will match you wow so what a lot of these like investment what a lot of these projects started to do is they raised that money and then they would slow release it in in pockets of like two and a half grand and five grand and ten grand but they would just do it as like we've got a new partner or we've got a new investor right. or we've got to this level and we're going to do another level because we think we can get it. And then what they end up with is they end up with the whole project paid anyway by the EU and they end up with also 3,000 people that they can now talk to. Right, right. And they just, because so they run it based off the matched half and then the sec- the first half just kind of goes where it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen buildings. Well, so Johnny's seen new bicycle co- and uh, Susie's exactly. new Corvette. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen co-working spaces that said in a newspaper that it cost ten million uh, pounds and found out that it was only four and been like, all right, so you knew it was always going to be four, but you told them it was ten so that you ended up with an extra two for the kitty. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, do you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a lot of that that goes on, right? And I think there's a lot of that. I think on. a lot of it is like I I see it sometimes on your. We bring up Steam Hunt a lot, but not intentionally. It's just like when you do your um when you do your top ten and you'll go through a website and they have a spelling mistake. You're like, 
Hmm. Come on. Because not because that's it's a, a big spelling red flag mistake. For me. Right. Not because it's a spelling mistake. Because I thought about it a lot today. I think it happened on your video today. It's not because of yeah. the spelling mistake, because we live in a time where grammar is as undervalued as it's ever been. I mean, I, I, my grammar is probably, you know, is terrible in my personal blogs and in my texting and my day to day. And I wouldn't say I hold a high value on grammar. But if your website has a spelling mistake, to me, that says that you don't have anybody double checking things or you not taking the time to do things in a Liza, correct and orderly way, you know? Yeah. Visor, think about every client that you've ever had from Upwork, and especially the big one that we both know about, and about how, what you end Don't up doing for that company. I'm not going to get you in trouble. I'm not going to get. You I know in the I'm things that I trouble. noticed, and the things that like I'm right. like, hey, is this a well, problem? And then it ends up being a problem, or like, hey, let me, but let me take happen? you back to that thing. Yeah, but let me take you back to that thing you mentioned today, like the one that was on the site today. Mm. It was the big bubble thing that you'd like hung up in the tree. And that had been doing. That's been doing the rounds. That's been doing the rounds on the internet for a while. It's on Pinterest that and various concept, other places. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "This isn't the same one. It's a copy of it." Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as I saw the bad text in there, I was like, "Okay, so this is a Chinese company or a Hong Kong company that has seen that on the internet and has duplicated it." Right. And then you asked me like, "What red flags do you look for?" I'll give you a little bit of history. Is that everything that I've ever learned about? you know, why we import stuff from Hong Kong, China, Taiwan, places like that, is we did it because of price, mm. right? We did it for scale and and price. But what came with that is the lack of like ISO standards, like lack of quality, mm-hmm. like quality built. Like the Chinese and, and Japanese, uh, not Japanese, the Taiwanese, they can copy anything, but that doesn't mean it's going to last. Right. And we've got this, we've had this like crazy illusion for the longest time now that we just get used to because there is food on the shelves and it keeps coming that we don't worry about that we w- we don't worry about like it 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 running out right. because as long as they've still got food then it's fine i'll give you a perfect example i was like oh that looks cool that's you know the text is good and they said it's really strong and it can hold like a couple of tons and stuff yeah yeah and then i get halfway get halfway down and that's that spelling mistake that instantly brought me out the buyer experience and took me into the whole shit this thing might not be safe Right. All Isn't because- that funny? Because of one of because of one typo. Because if I'm gonna put my, you know, my ass up there in that tree uh, sixty feet off the ground, I don't give a damn. Maybe the twenty the two ton thing was a spelling mistake that you said it could hold two tons. Maybe <laughs> that was an error. Like, oh damn, we have a problem now. Uh, what- well, and the manual wasn't in English. Yeah, right. I've got you. <laughs> like, if you're going to have a yeah, spelling mistake, it's like, what now? What just, else can't I trust about you? But, but you just you just hit the nail on the head. Like, people, as long as the presentation is good and it doesn't bring me out of the experience, I'm willing to go through with it because you've done your supposedly done your due diligence because nothing's setting off alarm bells. Right. And people have different alarm bells based on experience with these things. Like, pe- also, I'll tell you another thing is that people won't tell you when they bought something that went wrong because they're embarrassed embarrassed to say that they made the wrong decision. Right. Right. So uh, like I, I I give you another example. I bought an electric bike and I got to the store and after about two months of having it, the battery light was playing up and whatever. And I had a great conversation with the guy. I took the bike back and he fixed it up and had a conversation with the uh, guy. And he says, to be honest with you, we import the bike. We import the frame because we can't get the frame made anywhere else as cheap. The frame's pretty solid. 
everything else on it is absolute bullshit. He says everything else yeah. we put on there, pedals, the brakes, gears, tires, like everything else we put on there is either American made or English made. Like, and he, he literally selected different be- bits. And that's what a bicycle shop does is like they, they know because they're, they're getting people come into their shop all the time going, Hey, you know, we're Mr. Pedal Co and we can do you a thousand pedals cheaper than these pedals. And then they'll buy like, a hundred to test them, they'll fall apart and say, I will never use you again. But that story never gets told. Right. That story never gets told or or it hasn't been getting told until now because we, with the decentralization, we can kind of say these things. We can do it anonymously if we want to. That also brings up, I don't know how we're doing on time, by the way, my screen went to sleep, but 47. Okay. So that also brings up another thing. That's like, we talk about this a lot on the other podcast, but like if it, if it seems too good to be true and if somebody, if a website or like a company or a freelancer, literally anybody that you want to work for, they just want to tell you yes, that's like a huge red flag for me. And I, I was telling you the story earlier about when I was going to go get my first tattoo in New York City. It was this artist who I like super, super respected and loved. And I was following on Instagram for a while. And the idea of what I wanted for my tattoo combined with where I wanted it, the artist looked at me and she's like, I'm not going to do that. She straight up told me no. And like, and I think Americans too are a little bit more, um, a little bit more shocked by being told no in an e-commerce situation. Like, what do you mean? No, I have money here for you. Like it's a little bit of a jarring thing because we're just so used to having yes men when it comes to money. Um, but this person was extremely, um, extremely competent and extremely passionate about their work. And she's, there was a couple different reasons why it wasn't going to work out. Um, but she was like, I'm happy to work with you, but I need you to like, go back, think about it and come back with another idea because what you want, the way that you want it is not going to, not going to turn out good for you. And it's not going to look good and it's not going to be good for anybody. And that person in that moment turned down me with my money in hand because of, you know, their passion and integrity. So if you have, you know, if, if something seems like the end all be all solution to all of your problems and you're asking, um, you're asking follow-up questions and you're just getting like a bunch of yeses back, like, oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's fine. We'll, we'll take care of that. That's not a problem. You know, we'll be able to do that. That's, you know, that's not an issue. Then uh, for me, that's also a, a big red flag. If somebody has like, the passion and the integrity to tell you no and possibly lose your business over it. Um, that means that they, you know, they care about what they're doing and they care about the legacy and the, you know, and wanting you to, well, they care about their reputation as a service provider or as a, as a worker. So, you know, I think that's I think another big bring, thing. I think you hit the nail on the head with the integrity thing as well, is that mm. you have to have had, exposure to integrity and understand what that felt like and live it for you to recognize what integrity is to you what you expect it to be and if you don't have it or have never experienced it then you don't go looking for it yeah at least that's how i perceive it i'm not saying that's for everybody the business world has such this vibe of like all is fair and love and war and win at all costs and like it's just business like that you've, you've always heard that like it's just business and that excuses people not treating other people the right way or with respect that excuses like the way women are treated in the workplace. It's just the bottom line. It's just business. It's not personal, but like it is personal. It's people who are persons working together. That's what business is. So like you can't, I think that 
like a lot of people hide just behind this, like, oh yeah, it's just business, but I'm a good person, like in real life. But like, this is not a simulation. This is real life. Everything that you do is everything that you do. And you don't get to just cherry pick, like (laughs) the things that reflect on you, um, and make you a good person or quote unquote bad person. Like that's just it. But I've seen it. You know, I've seen it happen. I don't know why business, like because of greed, it's gotta be because of greed. Why business gets this pass of like, oh, it's just business. Like, but I've seen businessmen do it. Yeah, I've seen business businessmen do it. Like they'll set up a company, do it for five years, augment their guilt, or like put it on the side and just run it as a business. Just numbers, just product, just sell, 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 stack it high, sell it cheap, get it out the door, quit the job after five years, and then become a philanthropist. Right, and, then and that's kind like of glorified. As, right, that's glorified <laughs> as being like a smart business person, or or exploiting a tax loophole, or something that the government's not cracking down on because like. Well, that just makes you smart. That makes it, that means you're winning the game. And I think people real think of it as like, it is a game or it is some like simulation. This is not like Grand Theft Auto where you can just run around, rip people out of their cars and take off with them. Like, I don't, but for some reason, business, quote unquote, the business world got like a pass, got like an excuse of being like, oh no, that's just part of business. Mm. And it's like, so I mean, I have a problem with that. So close. To close it all up, I yeah. think one of the big one of the big takeaways for me is that it's an ever evolving thing. But also, I, I would say it it feeds it. I think I originally started really deep diving stuff because I remember having my head like totally overwhelmed by like learning about firewalls and things like that at the at the local authority thing that I worked at, and I started to apply the same rule set to the way that my life is. Right. Mm. If I don't want data in, I put up a my own BS filter, my bullshit filter, my distraction economy filter. Like I, I see them as all different kinds of filters, and it's a bit like putting water through like uh, filters to to take out the the microbiome you know, micro like ninety nine point nine percent filters to filter and, water yeah, to get rid of all the little microbes out of it. Right. Right. And so so in some ways, like I treat. The, the, the way that things come into my life and the way that things go out of the stuff that I do, I run them through unconscious filters, I guess. Wow, and I guess like that through the filter? Point, wow. Yay. <laughs> I guess my filter my filter had run out that day. By oh, um, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, so I, I, think, I, yeah. I think you have to, I think you have to develop a BS filter like in terms of is it going to financially affect me? Is this information relevant to me? Like, how long do I want to have this like relationship with this brand or this product or this company or this person? And I'm not saying it should be a measured analytical computed thing, but I think we don't often look at the knock on effects of not looking into stuff. And then, and then, and then it kind of like knocks right. us back, you know, right. like we can end up like being inside of ourselves. for like, I've met people who've like, Oh, this is the first time I've been out. I've, I've been in a bar and turned to somebody on my right just out with friends and and you turn to my right and somebody's sitting there looking all awkward and said, how are you doing? You're okay. And there's like, yeah, this is my first time I've been out in eight years. Mm. Like what? You know, there's people out there that mm. from the way that the world has like got heavy on their shoulders that they've put up these defenses, they've retreated from life because of it. Mm. And I think the reason why I deep dive stuff is that if we can't have dialogue with each other and bring up these things, then we might as well be robots. Yeah. Right. Because otherwise, you know, like, what are we? Do- what are we? What are we part of the equation for? Right. 
Right. If it's <laughs> predetermined, I mean? right, right. You know, right. like if I buy, if I buy, if I buy a tent that I hang from a side of a cliff and it's like supposed to be two and a half ton of weight and it's actually only half a ton of weight and I filled it up with like a mini to do a live stream. That's a problem. <laughs> that's, a big problem. that's a problem to me. That's a big problem. <laughs> I'm going to end it there. Right. We're going to end it there. That was a good chat. I enjoyed yeah. that. I'm glad you did. I'm going to play the outro. Okay. I'm going to play the outro. Okay, bye. What? What? Did I what? Thanks for spending time with us today. Subscribe with Pocket Cast and get notified right away. Nothing, Liza. And Anchor FM, please feel free to call in and leave us a message. We'll try to reply in our next cast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can now go to anchor.fm forward slash positive and click on the button. And if you'd like to hang out with us in our Discord, there's a link in that page as well. Stay positive and we'll speak to you soon.